Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Evil Man, a podcast where we talk about evil men from, I don't know, the beginning of time till now. We pick and choose whoever we want. It doesn't matter. We're just having fun. Leave us alone or we'll get ya. I'm Chris Locke. I'm Michael Bellazzo. And I'm James Hartnett, eating a banana. I noticed Which is that. Probably, yeah, not probably a great thing to do when you're about to record a podcast, but you know, some days you just like, I got it. I need a banana. Oh yeah, I'm eating a banana right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I go to the same fruit store. There's like a fruit stall in Kensington Market here in beautiful downtown Toronto, and I um I get avocados, bananas, apples. And I bought some apples from the guy, and he's my guy. I always trust his selection. And I bought these apples, and I was eating them, and they were bad. They were like mealy, had no taste, awful. And I tweeted about this, and then I was accused by people of of stealing uh, like a plot from an episode of Seinfeld and p- trying to pass it off as my own life. Can you believe that? Did the tweet? Do you? Did the tweet sort of blow up? Because, Not really. I mean, it got oh, anytime I've tweets. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Mike. Anytime I've had a tweet do well, there's always some guy who I don't know who's like, huh, this sounds suspiciously like this girl's tweet from two years ago and quote tweets it. It's like, yeah. get a life, man. It's always Yikes. just some guy wanting that girl to date him. Exactly. That's all those guys want. We're fine, though. You know what, though? When you say mealy, I can taste a mealy apple. Like, the yeah. word is so dead-on descriptive that I can taste what what you bit into <laughs> in my mouth. Uh, and yeah, I hate mealy apples more than anything, probably. Yeah, so uh, I guess as a as the three of us, as the three hosts of this podcast, I, I guess we're taking a stand. All three of us hate mealy apples. I actually don't even like the show Seinfeld. That will get me busted if I said that online. Wait, you don't I, like Seinfeld? Not really. Like, I think all those primetime comedies from the 90s, they're all okay, but I was just a punk-ass kid in the 90s, so they have, like, uh, like they have that kind of, like, effect on me. I don't really care. I want to go smoke weed outside and try to pick up girls or something and skateboard, dude. Right. I don't know, sign. I don't know. I didn't stay in and watch primetime shows. I remember once in like grade nine, ninth grade, I had to go to a kid's house for a project, like a science project or something. And our whole group was there. And then we stopped doing work because everyone was like, okay, it's time to watch Friends. And I did not watch Friends. And I had to watch an episode <laughs> of Friends. And I was like, I don't understand why this is the hugest phenomenon on TV. Yeah. Well, I loved Friends and I loved Seinfeld and I watched TV every night as a kid. And I remember the Seinfeld finale. I mean, that was enormous. I remember even the other channels like CBS and ABC put on like paid programming. Like they didn't even bother to counter program. And I remember being at home watching the Seinfeld finale and my dad is a real contrarian. And he was like, he liked Seinfeld, but he made a point to be like, I'm not watching this. And was like doing stuff around the house he didn't need to do because he wanted to just not. I'm watching The Nanny, my favorite <laughs> show. <laughs> Pretty much. Maybe the fact that it was ending deeply uh, affected him emotionally and he didn't want to show you that he was weak. And so. It could be. 
you know like maybe it really affected him because seinfeld meant so much look i just want to say like uh mike is medium on it i'm like nah but i'm actually not nah. like yeah if i if an episode comes on and i watch it i enjoy it i i love curb i love larry david so mm-hmm. you know you know i the Larry Davidisms of Seinfeld, like I can see and I love, but I didn't get into it at the time when it was hot. But you love it, James, for sure. So it just mm-hmm. goes to show you that three totally different people from totally different ends of the spectrum can still hang out and have a regular calm discourse with each other, and it yeah. doesn't That's have true. to get violent every time. The three of yeah. us couldn't be more different kinds of guys, too. We're all <laughs> men between 38 and 40 or so, and uh, we're just from different areas of Toronto. Yeah. yeah. And yet we still work, make it work. I would say this podcast, Evil Men, uh, represents, yeah, quite the, yeah, world, uh, worldly. <laughs> I, don't know. Yeah. I won't no go kidding. there, but yeah, we're, to- we're totally different styles of three straight white men that's gotta mean something today yeah absolutely mm-hmm. one of us is oil one of us is water one of us is diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> the three uh, earth signs is that what they're called yeah. the elements yeah mm. that was my favorite band earth no yeah earth water and <laughs> diarrhea <laughs> earth oil water <laughs> diarrhea oh i guess we should um we received First of all, if anyone's listening, we really appreciate it. Uh, it's so nice to have listeners. Welcome aboard if this is your first episode. But we did receive, I believe, James, you told me and Chris, we received a message from a listener who was a little concerned about something they heard on our on our uh, show. Yeah, yes. Be, be careful listening to evil men out there if you're driving on the uh, <laughs> highway. Yep, a guy while driving said he listens to the podcast which thank you and then when he's driving the beeps are distracting and he thinks you know like because we have the beeps as those interstitial noises and he'll mm-hmm. be driving along and think someone's beeping at him yeah and i thought well Haunting, i guess maybe yeah. we should look for a new sound i mean we don't want people veering into oncoming traffic because we put a beep in the podcast i mean i'm of two minds about it because um i'm torn mm-hmm. i think that you know I don't want anyone to die or get into a horrible, you know, pileup, a, a car crash on the highway yeah. or wherever. But also, if that were to happen, we would get a lot of press uh, for, for being the cause <laughs> of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I so, that's a good point. To, I want to admit, too, that it was a uh, humble brag, okay? I try not to humble brag, but I asked Mike. Mike, oh, here's a humble brag for Mike. He solely created that incredible theme song that gets earwormed in everybody's head, which we're also getting comments about, which is very nice. The only thing I asked Mike to put in there was a nonsensical random car honk. So that is, you can trace it back to me and you can be mad at me specifically. Spare Mike and James, please. Uh, It's me you want. But the thing is, is also... How about this? Now that you know that that's how it goes, that's what will happen when you listen to Evil Men. <laughs> well, but, when you're, yeah. yeah, when you're listening to Evil Men and you're driving and it goes and it does the classic email <laughs> Evil Men honk, meh, just be like, yeah, I know this podcast and that's what it does. I'm with you, Chris. However, we've also been using beeps randomly to break up the episode. Yeah. yeah. So we could change that sound. 
So guys, maybe yeah. we should decide um, what's a more, uh, what's a gentler, <laughs> less alarming sound effect we could possibly use to divide some of the segments. I genuinely already want to change the car honk to a guy screaming um, like he's getting killed by an evil man. Can, and can it be me that does the scream? <laughs> well, oh my God, it's like, Chris like, Okay, what do you think about this? It goes like this. Evil. Evil. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, I'm in your car honking. Yeah, get off the road. Or Chris, you should be like, ah, it's me, Chris Locke, and I'm being murdered. Evil. I'm getting run over. <laughs> James, what do you think would be a fun uh, possible, you know, alternative mm. uh, or, you know, sound effect we could use? Uh, a quack? Okay. No. no. Um what would be a good uh what's a I mean, what's a good sound? Um How about this? How about a guy like a, a creepy voice saying, "That honk you're hearing, it's all just, it's all in your head, kid." <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What if it's just me and I say beep beep and it's a guy's <laughs> voice? Are you still going to think that's traffic on the 401? You know what? Beep beep. That could work. You saying beep beep. How about Chris? Just to make mm. it clear that it is not a car. Can you do beep beep and a little cute little giggle? I'll You know what? What episode is this? 4 or something? 4. Yeah. Uh let's genuinely do it, and I'll give you the soundbite right now. Okay. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm okay with that. I Let's think- freaking do it. Can you even put it at the back of the song, too, Mike? Um, I could try, and I could I- I think definitely. We- I think we could leave the song, but I'm, t- I'm thinking for the interstitials, you know? Yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, problem solved to our uh, to our concerned listener, I guess. Yeah, yeah and we're, I'm, we're not making fun of the guy because hey, I, I no. appreciate that he's listening and giving Absolutely. us feedback. So uh, yeah. it's a fair it's a fair point. But uh, yeah, hopefully, totally. this new beep beep um, will be will be better for everybody. It's, yeah. It is kind of crazy that we hadn't thought of that before. You know? Yeah, yeah. So thanks for bringing point. that to our attention. Yeah. Quite honestly, when I listen to podcasts, I'm usually either uh, exercising or just on a walk around the city. So I'm not think if I hear a honk, I'm not thinking like, "Oh God," you know. Mm-hmm. But typical downtowner like yeah. Mike, who's always walking and on his bike. Some of us suburbanites, nine oh fivers, we're in our damn cars all day, Mike. Yeah, mm-hmm. I live a totally different life than you. It takes Absolutely. me two hours to get to the office and two hours to get home, and that's when I listen to all my podcasts. Yeah. Hell yeah. So. Hell yeah. And if anyone does want to get in touch with any other concerns or compliments, I guess they can reach us on Twitter at EvilMenPod. Or yeah, at- or Instagram. Yeah. Oh, and you know what we should mention, because we haven't mentioned it yet, but we have started up a Patreon account, and uh, the you can find it at patreon.com slash evilmen, and... Um, uh, at some point, probably when we get to a certain uh, amount, we're going to start doing bonus episodes that you'll only be able to get if you're a Patreon uh, subscriber. So um, if you're interested, mm-hmm. uh, check mm-hmm. it out. Patreon.com slash evil men. 
We could um, even um, there's an offer. Maybe if you pledge, I'm just spitballing here, guys. Pledge like twenty bucks, and we send you a USB stick with Chris's honk and giggle on it. I'm I'm willing to do that. That'd yeah. be sweet. I would love for my honk and giggle to <laughs> blow up and basically save the world because it gives everyone a smile on their face. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe if you subscribe to our Patreon, Chris will do a personalized honk and giggle for you that that we could put in the episode. <laughs> beep like, beep. <laughs> um, yeah, but you'd be like beep beep. <laughs> Thanks, Alan Jones from Burlington, yeah. Ontario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beep beep. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> uh, I also want to say before we get into today's episode, there's uh, a little uh, preliminary house cleaning we have to say. We yes. did this one in a park. So you hear park mm-hmm. atmosphere in the background, you pe- hear park ambience. And also, we were re listening to it and realized. We were all three of us jacked on caffeine, so this might this might yeah, sound like the most chittery chattery of the episode yeah. so far. We were like, yeah, "Hey, guess what?" Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it was recorded in Studio Fifty Four at like two thirty a.m. in nineteen seventy-eight. You know, yeah. But instead of cocaine, it's red rose tea. Yeah. What was in that shit, man? Jasmine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, why don't we take a little break and we'll come back with uh, our topic. We'll be right back. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. So who's our guy today? I'm okay. excited. Let's tee it up and uh, try and get a birdie on this one. <laughs> um, our guy today is uh, a little guy called Charles Ponzi. Oh, of of scheme fame. Of scheming Happy fame. Happy days. <laughs> no, not Ponzi. Ponzarelli. <laughs> Can I have a pizza with Ponzarello cheese on it? A Ponzarati. <laughs> yeah, yum, yum. It all comes out. Um, I'll just give you a little overview before I get into the nitty gritty. Uh, Ponzi was an Italian-born swindler and con man who was so notorious that pyramid schemes came to be known as Ponzi schemes. His schemes. Hey, where'd my money go? Hey, Ma, I'm doing a scheme over here. Sorry, James. No. You're doing the new intro thing, and we like it. I mean, it's Mike's idea to give the overview. His scheme ran for over a year, costing investors $20 million. That's the overview. Mm-hmm. Mike, you were saying before we started, you had, you had no idea about Ponzi. You thought he was a modern man. Before I did just some cursory research, yeah, I thought that whoever Ponzi was was like a Wall Street guy from the 1990s. <laughs> uh, but no, he operated in the like the 1910s uh, and 20s. That's right. That's right. Um, well, shall I get going here with the, with the fine details? You guys ready for this? Let's find out about Charles Ponzarelli. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Charles Ponzi was born in Italy in 1882 and uh, 100 years before me. His ancestors had mm. been well-to-do, but had fallen on hard times and had didn't have a lot of money anymore. Right. Uh, Ponzi got accepted into the University of Rome. So he was at university in Rome. A college boy. He was a college boy, but um, he didn't try very hard. He didn't go to classes. Mm. Uh, and he spent most of his time in bars, cafes, mm-hmm. and operas. Yeah. 
right. according to Wikipedia. Uh, so after university's broke, he has no degree, he has no job, he's in Italy, which isn't the worst. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so during this time in Italy, a lot of Italian boys uh, were... <laughs> this is what it said. That's the turn of phrase it used in Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. A lot of Italian boys, beautiful Italian boys, were migrating to the U.S., making a bunch of money, coming back to Italy rich. So Ponzi's family says to him, why don't you do this? Why don't you go to the States, make some money, come back and bring the family name back to its lost glory? Why don't you restore honor to our family? Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. They truly did that. Italian boys directed by (laughs) Pasolini. (laughs) So... In 1903, forgot his name for a second. Ponzi gets on a boat, goes to Boston. He arrives in Boston with only two dollars and fifty cents, having gambled away the rest of his savings on the voyage. Yeah, oh. of course. To be fair, in 1903, two dollars and fifty cents is the equivalent in today's money of eight hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was still not very much even at the time. No, probably not. Yeah. Damn, why'd you gotta do a dry joke like that? <laughs> <laughs> now, can, before you keep going, mm. can I just, because you, you made a little, uh, very subtle joke. You said that he was a little guy. Mm. I did see, I read that he was only five foot two. Did you? I didn't see that. So he was just a little tiny Italian guy. But he convinced right? his investors that he was six eight. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know gentlemen. he was tiny, but that does add a new dynamic to some of this. Because if you get schemed by someone that small, mm. who's the real Small uh, person. Villain? Yeah. Who's small now? Mm-hmm. All tall men should crush small men. <laughs> well, actually, this makes more sense, too, because later in my notes, uh, we will find out that uh, Charles Ponzi did have a role in the movie Willow. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I can see we're going to have to watch you on this episode. Yeah, remember that one? Yeah. I had the yeah. VHS of Willow yes. and watched yeah. it over and over He was again. not Italian, though. He was a British actor. Well... Yeah, and from a different land. Yeah. Apparently he's getting his own TV show based on the Willow character. I'm not joking. Warwick Davis? Yes. What? Wow. Yeah, like 30 years later or whatever. Damn. Wow. Damn, Damn dude. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it. He gets those Facebook messages. <laughs> Damn, Warwick. Shit. Congrats, man. Yo, if you ever need a little goofy guy to show up on your show, remember me. I've said it before and I'll say it again. God damn it, I wish I was Warwick Davis. <laughs> Warwick Davis is the only super short man in the world that didn't go full evil with a complex. <laughs> or, uh, as far as we know now. We should investigate before he gets his show in production. Very true. Um, all right, so uh, Ponzi's in, in Boston. <laughs> We're never he's watching get the Red Sox. Uh, and uh, he uh, he's learning English. He takes a bunch of odd jobs up and down the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, okay. get this, guys. Yeah. We're Canadian. Yeah. Damn right. 1907, Ponzi moved to Montreal. Oh, I did know this about him. Mm, yeah. Mm. Can I say something? Mm. When you said the word Montreal, my uh, I got very excited because I was actually born in Montreal. Mike, well, so, you share scary. something with Ponzi. Yeah. <laughs> that's a scary place to... Everybody that we've done so far is... Stayed in Montreal for a bit. Caligula, <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah, Gargamel. Gargamel. <laughs> yeah, that one season of the Smurfs set in uh, Montreal. Yeah, he was a bartender on uh, Crescent Street. <laughs> Remember when Gargamel disguised himself as Le Bonhomme? <laughs> Remember that episode when Gargamel goes to Club Super Sex and none of the strippers want to talk to him? Yeah. Oh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> you don't think my money's good enough for you? <laughs> 
guy's got little smurfs in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not how a French girl does. <laughs> Whatever. So Ponzi's in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, chiseling away at the bagel factory. Yeah. And uh, it's said that Ponzi had a great personality. And he spoke <laughs> English, Italian, and French. So he's able to parlay this into a job at a yeah. Montreal bank. That's mm. great. Eventually becoming a bank manager. Oh, I heard about this, too. Yeah. And okay. uh, this is funny. Okay, keep going. Shit, it's actually not that funny. Well, so it seems like he's arrived, been... right? And now he, his years of struggle are over, and now he's a bank manager, so everything is okay. Yeah, he right? pretty much just ended up living life as a bank manager in the you know Montreal. <laughs> Basically, this episode is about just banks being evil. Yeah. <laughs> or, in this case, good for, for Ponzi. Yeah. Um, so, <sighs> Ponzi learned that this bank was in trouble. This mm-hmm. bank was in trouble because the Damn. bank, um, when you put money in your savings account at this bank, mm-hmm. they give you interest. Yeah. Ponzi learned, oh, they're not paying you interest from, say, profits they're making somewhere. No. They're they're paying you interest with money other people have deposited right. into new accounts. He's kind of learning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you know the name of the bank? It starts with a Z. Shit, it, it is, and I thought... Zoodles Bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the noodle it's guys. It's basically like, yeah, animal-shaped noodles and tomato <laughs> sauce that would just rob you blind. Xanta Bank. No, you don't remember? No, I didn't write it down, and I thought to myself, I should write it down. It was like Zoccoli or something yeah, like Zufins that. Yeah, or something. Zerabels yeah. or something. But, <laughs> but, yeah, Ponzi didn't actually... Scheme at the bank. He learned exactly scheme from mm-hmm. working for this guy. Yeah. Essentially, okay, you keep going. I'll look it up. The idea of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yes, right. Little turn of phrase there. So this bank goes under, mm-hmm. and Ponzi learned why. Like he knew why. So it's odd he used this as his inspiration for his entire life. Anyway, um, so now Ponzi's out of work. He's like, "What do I do with myself?" He tried to forge himself a check for $400, got arrested, and spent three years in a Montreal jail. Hey, that's neat. I was thinking, doesn't that sort of sound like a Gordon Lightfoot song? (laughs) I spent three long years in a Montreal jail. (laughs) Um, Ponzi lied to his mom. Hold on. He didn't. Is that what a Ponzi scheme is? No. When you lie to your mom. <laughs> Banco Zarossi. That was it. That's the bank. A bank started by Luigi, in quotes, Louis Zarossi. Oh. So I think really, you... is it a Zarossi scheme at this point? Well, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. If your name is Luigi, why shorten it to Louis? Luigi, I think, is a much cooler name. Maybe he was Louis, trying. Louis, Louis. Um, <clears throat> it's Luigi. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why he did that. Probably to get chicks, like I, we all do. I thought that he worked at the bank of Gooigi. <laughs> or did I read it uh, wrong on Wikipedia? No, no. You know Gooigi? Yeah. Gooigi. Oh, haunted, sure. Luigi's Haunted Mansion 3. So Ponzi's back in Boston. He's working in a mining camp as a nurse. Okay. All right. And uh, works at a number of businesses. None of them work out. Just trying a few more schemes. None of them working out. He meets a stenographer woman. Gets mm. married to her. This is what I like. What? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Go ahead. Are you skipping the thing that really stuck out about how he he did like one selfless act in his life? Where he was working in a mine and a nurse at the mine suffered like severe burns? Yes. Were you going to get to this? Or? No, I wasn't, but I did Wait, read it, so please. So, like, his his whole biography is, like, he was scheming and scheming from, like, the moment he was born till he yeah. died. But there's this one incident where he was working in a mine, and a nurse got, like, severe burns, and he donated a bunch of his, his own skin yeah. to be, like, grafted onto this nurse and then got a disease, like, pleurisy or something, mm. which is, like, makes it very painful to breathe to help this nurse, nurse out. 
I it's it's it struck me as like an odd thing. So maybe in his yeah, uh, biography, what is the grift on that? Well, maybe uh, this is a good weird uh, conflicting thought we could have. Like maybe scheming in general <laughs> is <clears throat> an affliction, like a disease, like gambling or drug addiction. Mm. So he was just addicted to it because of some sort of psychological or, thing. But he had a kind heart in the bottom of the day. <laughs> Maybe he said he was going to give her his skin, but it was actually skin he had gotten from several other people. And he promised them he was going to give them skin. And he actually had this like huge situation going where all these people were giving him skin. That is most likely it. Ponzi skin. Ponzi skin. Well, that was, yeah, the origin. So Ponzi, it's 1919. Ponzi's in Boston. Damn, time flies. Okay. Yeah, I know. He's in Boston. He's like, how can I? So make he didn't money? serve um, in World War One. He didn't serve. Hmm. Um, Not according to my in research. The Great War. <laughs> okay. Not according to my research. <laughs> but that is interesting, huh? Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> he was probably in friggin' the states dating all the wives whose husbands were away, <laughs> knowing this guy. Other than the nice skin thing, dating all yeah. the burnt nurses. Yeah, yeah. That's you know what? That's why he was giving his skin to that lady. Her what? husband was probably at the war. The why ultimate does an skin. Evil man, do anything nice. <laughs> yeah. While you were away fighting the war, I was back here giving your wife my skin. <laughs> <laughs> I fought in the Great War so I could come home and give my wife my own damn skin. Yeah, yeah. I fought in the war to for I could give her the skin, not some little man. What's that on your back? Yeah, honey, I don't recognize this patch of skin. Is that Italian skin on your back? <laughs> Ponzarelli skin. <laughs> this is getting gross. Yeah. A lot of skin talk. Okay, sorry, skin. James, you got some info. Not at all. Okay, so, so it's 1919. Ponzi's in Boston. He's trying to come up with how to make money. He comes mm. up with this plan. Now, this is a little bit, a little bit dry, mm-hmm. but I think I can explain it succinctly. Okay. Ponzi came up with this idea to make money um, by selling these things called international reply coupons. Okay? So Mm -hmm. here's what those things are. If at the time, if you wanted to send a letter to a different company, you could include an international reply coupon with the letter. So then when you get this letter, you don't have to buy a stamp. You can use the international reply coupon, and that kind of acts as a stamp. So it's just kind of like a nice thing to do to buy people uh, to to let, uh, pay for return postage. So here's the deal with here's how we thought he could make money with them. Okay, so if you bought these international reply coupons in Italy for a certain price, brings them to the states. When they're in the states, you could exchange them for stamps, which are worth more than he would have spent buying them in the first place in Italy. So his idea is. I'm going to buy these international reply coupons in Italy for a price, bring them to the States, exchange them for stamps. Those stamps are worth more. So this is a thing called arbitrage, which is legal. It's a legal thing. You buy something in one country, you bring it to another country, you sell it for more. So this is his plan, as I'm going to make money. So he needs money to get this business up and running, this coupon business. And doesn't he need (laughs) it to get to Italy and back? I mean, I don't even think he's thinking about that right now. He just wants to get rich. Right. Easy, quick and easy way. Yeah. Can I ask a question though? So then, when he gets the um, the U.S. stamps, did he sell those stamps, Michael, for money? We're, you're going to have to wait and see, because this is just his plan. Okay. But that's the idea, right? That's the idea. Okay. Just one of those ideas you come up with sitting on a bench. Yeah. 
He's basically a coupon clipper person. Yeah. yeah. Like that show. Did you ever see Extreme Couponing or whatever on TLC? <laughs> I missed it. These people would would get like a a book full of coupons and mm-hmm. end up with thousands of free groceries. Anyway, that's basically Ponzi. Cool. Okay. So Ponzi's trying to raise money to do this plan, right? He goes to banks. Can I get a loan? They're like, no. So Ponzi sets up a stock company uh, to try to raise money to do this business, right? So um, he's got to tell investors, you give me money, I'm going to start this business. And uh, he kind of tells them, you know, how much return on investment they're going to get, you know, how much back. And he keeps kind of like saying it'll be more and more. And eventually he said, he told investors that he'd double their money in three months. And that, now compare that to a bank, they give you 5% uh, for a year. So this is like a great deal if you're an investor. Like, whoa, double right. my money in three months? That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, these coupons are just that good. It's just that good a deal. And a lot of people did this and made, made those profits. They were making a ton of money. Right. So... How did Ponzi do this? And, and inc- apparently mm. he was like incredibly charismatic and persuasive, right? Apparently, A yes. little tiny guy <laughs> talk anyone we into probably anything. We all know a little man like this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that he was bald, but I just feel like he was bald too. Like a little ripped man. He wasn't bald. I saw a picture <laughs> of him. He's shaking his head at me. He's got, he was like a dapper guy eventually, I guess, when he became mm. like rich. Like there were pictures of him mm. in like a... Like a boater hat and like a little bow tie. And he's like, mm-hmm. he looks like, uh, you know, he, he looks like a schemer. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Yeah, he had like a nice cream, sort of like, what are those kind of wool g- coats? Uh, what are those, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he looked nice. <laughs> he, looked, he looked good. <laughs> he looked nice. Well, let's just stop eating around the bush. He was hot. The guy was um, uh, Ilf. An Ilf? Yeah. He was sounded like an elf to me. <laughs> Shouldn't he be like a guilt, like a guy you'd like to f? Skilf, schemer. Oh, a skilf, <laughs> skilf. He was a skilf. Yeah. Um, I w- I don't know much about his sex life, but mm-hmm. it would be interesting to learn. Apparently, he would hug you really tight until you agreed to whatever he said. I've heard that. <laughs> so, as you probably all get, how was Ponzi making these big promises? He was mm-hmm. paying investors with money made. Uh, not from money made from these this coupon plan. He was mm-hmm. paying investors with the money new investors were giving him. Mm-hmm. That is a pyramid scheme now known as a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. So Ponzi's doing his Ponzi scheme, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's taking off. More and more investors. He must have been happy at this point. He's uh, thrilled. Little Ponzi, right? He's over the moon. Um, yeah. so I heard that when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza <laughs> pie, that's a happy schemer. <laughs> So within a year of doing this, July, June 1920, uh, mm-hmm. people had invested in today's money $32 million within a year. Wow. It's taken off. That's crazy. People loving these coupons. Yeah. So by July, a month later in, in uh, 1920 money, he's taken in a million a week. A million a week? Yeah. A month later, million a day. Wait, that's 2020 money? Yeah. Not 1919 money? Yeah. Okay. I think. So what is it 1919 money? I don't know. 3,000? 300 billion. <laughs> so Ponzi's making millions, right? Yeah. Pe- just getting so much of this money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, people mor- are mortgaging their homes, investing their life savings, and yeah. uh, often they don't even take the profits. They're just invested again. Let's roll it back. Uh, everybody's investing with him. 75% of the Boston police force, they th- thought, were investing with Mr. Ponzi. Really? Yes. His chauffeur. And most of those guys were Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. 
Uh, Ponzi Sofer. Ponzi's brother-in-law. I'd switch it up from making an Italian <laughs> joke. Mr. Mr. Ponzi, please, here's me life savings. <laughs> and would you mind explaining the system that you utilize to get this amazing return on my investment? <laughs> you see, my wife Maggie and I are expecting our ninth child. <laughs> and it means so much to us. Uh, but he even, like, roped in yeah, his brother-in-law. And according to Wikipedia, he was even roping in young newspaper boys. So oh. that's where I draw the line, okay? <laughs> you don't rope in young newspaper boys. Let kids be kids. <laughs> May I say something? Because you just mentioned his, his brother-in-law. Yeah. He got married to, to a lady who was yes. also Italian-American. And from what I read, before they got married, he didn't tell her that he had been in jail in Montreal and Atlanta. But there was a detail uh, that stuck out to me that his mother sent the bride-to-be a letter Telling her that her son had been in jail. Yes. The bride to be read it and was like, I still love this tiny oh, man yeah. and That's we're nice. still getting married. But this yeah. is the skin lady. No, different lady. Oh he God. didn't marry the skin lady. That's crazy. That would Usually be, yeah. you marry the skin if, lady. Yeah, these days, that's sort of established. That would make you <laughs> yeah. feel insecure uh, knowing that your boyfriend had given skin to his ex. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, could you be with someone, um, uh, sure. either of you, if you knew that they had given skin to another man? She'll always have a piece of me on her back. <laughs> Big piece. Some of my moles are still on it. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't want, like, you know. It's the kind of thing you do with your wife, no? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want my wife to have patchwork of exes all over, <laughs> like, some weird sort of uh, sexual leather face. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, these young newspaper boys... Yeah, these guys are trying working so, so hard. They're, and this is back in the days where they're on the corner every day, going yeah. extra, extra. Read all about it. No schemes have been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's like, "Hey, come here, kid." Yeah, you're right. You're right. Give me a dime. I'll go get you a milk. Sucker. <laughs> Sucker. Uh, okay. You give me a dime. Three weeks later. I'll get you three cents. <laughs> good, good deal, sir. <laughs> um, so Pons, so this is all going on. Ponzi's making tons of money. Everyone in Boston's investing with Mr. Ponzi. Right, right. So remember the coupon idea, the, the reason everyone's investing? Yeah, yes. It turns out that was a stupid idea. <laughs> uh, but what do you mean? <laughs> well, why, why, why are you saying this? Changing those coupons to money <laughs> was logistically impossible, as it turned out. Okay. So when he started, he had 18 investors. Uh, and if he was going to do this plan with even just 18 investors, he would have needed 50,000 of the coupons shipped over just to give them their money. Okay. So now he has 15,000 investors. <laughs> so he would have needed several Titanic-sized ships. I don't even know how he convinced, like, 15 people. I know. Thousands. I guess they just keep getting money, and then they're like, huh, I guess it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, because, like, when you do investments and stuff, how do you know any of it is real or works or whatever? You're always kind of taking a risk. They're always like, you know, they always advise, like, you should know something about the company. Like, how do you know something about a company other than looking it up? You know what I mean? How does anybody know anything? Yeah, this really makes me realize, too, about how... When you're stuck in a moment of time and you literally can't predict anything about the future, you don't know anything. So you're just like these weird coupon 
transfers, whatever they're called, mail <laughs> international reply coupons. Inter- international reply coupons. You're like, there are dum dums out there that are like, yeah, I could see the future. Right. Being, it, no, you know, like, it makes sense, future. babe. He buys these coupons in Italy, brings them here, and they're worth more. There's this no. would have been the time. Like, was this just just after the time of like, or is this the Gilded Age of like the the robber barons, like the Rockefellers and stuff, were like. Every man in America thought like I could be uh, I could be just like JD Rockefeller and then you meet this small Italian guy and you're like here's my ticket to uh, having a gold apartment. I guess on it is Fifth just Avenue. on the cusp of the roaring 20s, huh? So right. I guess it was. That was in the air. It is kind of funny like it just even the, at the beginning there when it's like everybody's just moving to Italy, getting rich and coming back. Like it seems <laughs> like it was that it felt that simple at that time. Yeah. Just go to America. You're going to get rich. Again? International male Reply coupon. It's so hard for me to remember, but I know international noise conspiracy. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like, remember in the like '90s, mid to late '90s, when international phone cards, were yeah, such a big deal? You, and then like you'd buy them at convenience stores yeah. so that you could call anywhere in the world for a bit cheaper than your phone plan. <laughs> yeah, and then but then you'd like walk down the street and someone'd be like, "Can I get a cigarette off you?" And you'd be like, "Uh, sh- I don't know," and they'd be like. I'll give you this international phone card. There's still $2 left on it. You can yeah. call India if you want. It's like, what are these pieces of crap? Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. I went to Greece and, and when I was younger, and they were the rage over there, especially a place with a lot of travelers. It's like currency, yeah, man. Yeah, but it's like at the time, they're like, this is the best thing ever invented. And then yeah. like one year later, phone companies just go like, bam, calling anywhere is not a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, good work, Ponzi. So Ponzi's getting richer and richer. It's getting bananas at this point. And some people are getting suspicious, okay? There was an article or two in the Boston Post kind of being like, huh. Um, Where'd this guy come from? And the Boston Post posted an article being like skeptical of this coupon plan. And they're kind of looking into it. And they're talking to people in the government like, has anyone been like selling a lot of these coupons? And they're like, no. So, like, it's getting a little suspicious. Um, but people are still into it. Uh, but eventually, these these uh, these news... Is kind of like the Great Gatsby at this point? <laughs> yeah, I think. Where he's just riding around town, flashing money, and, like, living yes. the life. But everyone's like, where did he come from? Yeah, and, like, they talked about him buying some, like, the fanciest car. And yeah. he, he's, like, investing in a bank, and he's like, wants to take over this bank. Like, he's got big plans. Wow. Um, he's given skin... To all yeah. sorts of ladies, mm-hmm. he's growing new skin. <laughs> um, you went to a jazz club and they're dancing up storms, and then members of the band after would be like, "Hey, man, that was amazing. Give me mm-hmm. some skin." And he'd be like, <laughs> "I gave most of it to a girl." <laughs> well, yeah, that's the origin of "Give me some skin" because he just had so much skin, he was getting through these investments and yeah. just giving them to jazz players. He was like, "Yeah, Merchant of Venice over here." Um, I think that like we're not gonna get past this skin joke. Like, good. Yeah, good catch, Mike. Beep beep. <laughs> so, so people eventually these news stories start. People get panicked. Mm-hmm. Some people go to his office panicking, like I want my money. And <laughs> apparently, Ponzi we're in a pl- park, James. I know. Sorry. Apparently, Ponzi plays a really cool. He hands out coffee and donuts. I heard that too. That he he calmed everyone's fears, 
by just giving out donuts to people who had read a series of articles saying that this guy was like was a fraud. Yeah. I've literally fallen for the here have a donut scheme. <laughs> well, we've talked about it uh, in the uh, old pornographic theater there used to be on Bloor Street. It would be right. free donuts. Yeah. Really? yeah. And I think, yes. And I think that, or at least it said cheap coffee and donuts, something like they that. They had a concession Ugh. stand. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think yeah, that was, yeah. I guess donuts are just a great way to ease people's mind. Don't mm-hmm. feel weird that you're in a porn theater in 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have a donut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot, a lot of people. my money? Donut? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you know these stories grow, you know, uh, more and more uh, damning. A former Ponzi employee came out and said Ponzi is a financial idiot who can't even add. <laughs> um. And the people in the banking industry there were worried this would like literally destroy the banking industry there. He must have been nervous that his. Uh, ingenious coupon idea was about to be exposed. Yeah, as super stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in August, all comes crashing down. Damn. People find out. Mm-hmm. He's arrested and charged with mail fraud, larceny. Um, in the end, when it all came crashing down, his his uh, arrest brought down six banks. Right. And many investors were wiped out. Completely so this wiped was out. A full Holy. ten years before, like the actual Great Depression, where like so many banks failed, mm-hmm. and he, one guy, one tiny man, ruined six banks. Yeah, through a coupon scheme. Tiny man, and there was no, no one was like just checking on whether no one at any of these banks was checking on whether he was legit or not. It That's reminds crazy. Me of the fable of the tiny little mouse that scares the big <laughs> elephant. <laughs> yeah, completely. But the elephant didn't get scared. Until the mouse got arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so he he goes to jail. Oh, no. His old familiar place. Yeah, he's pretty familiar with that. And he would still get Christmas cards from gullible investors being like, huh, so will I get my money? Uh, You know, like people were still kind of believing him. And he clearly at this point become like a national, if not international, sensation as a criminal yeah and people were still yeah i guess does that show that if you are charismatic and like fun enough you can basically get like if people like you you can do whatever and they'll never be mad at you it is a quality (laughs) do you notice there's some people who do have that quality where they like i guess people are good at business like people just give them money to do stuff yeah i know people like that Mm -hmm. i'm not like that no we're pretty lame No one would ever give me money to invest in anything. (laughs) I told a friend the other day that my uncle had died recently, and they started laughing. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't think anyone takes anything I say seriously. (laughs) Let alone asking them for money, you know? What was the context of the laughter? Were you just just brought it up and they just started chuckling? They were talking about something bad that happened to them. And uh, it wasn't on the level of a death in the family by any stretch. Right. It was like, my friend's acting weird, and so I've been feeling weird lately. And I listened to the whole story <laughs> with a kind ear. Yeah. And then uh, I go, well, yeah, I think we're all kind of going through weird stuff. My uncle just passed away recently, and uh, and they went, and then I was like, I know, but I, I'm being serious. I, I like how you said, I know. No, like, I, I know, it is funny. No, but I'm but being serious or whatever, it's true. Yeah. And then they never acknowledged that part. Oh. They moved on and started talking about themselves or well, something. We're sorry to hear. I'm sorry to hear. I'm sorry to hear, too. 
Now, I've got the best uh, investing idea. They'd go, <laughs> get out of here. Like, no one takes me seriously. <laughs> so he must have been really stupid, though. If he had no like exit plan in mind where he's making all this money, he could have presumably taken just like a, a boat full of cash and gone like just split the u.s yeah. and that's the thing about the scheme is that you know it's gonna not end well you right. can't just do this forever so he's just addicted, addicted. It's right like, it's it like the dude sickness. it's like adam sandler from uncut gems <laughs> yeah basically it's, it's like literally like bernie madoff was like a reincarnation mm-hmm. of ponzi it's crazy he had the same sort of desires he had the same sort of like tough upbringing and he wanted to be rich no matter what mm, right and was just a schemer money i mean we could do another episode of bernie madoff down the line because i really think his uh story is fascinating but ponzi is the originator of the but, whole thing but don't you think his life would be like adam sandler in uncut gems a bit where yeah. it's like you can see a disaster coming but he's just like can't stop revved on the <laughs> cocaine feeling of like risk now and he he seemed to to love being caught out on stupid crimes like a stupid forgery of a check an insane scheme that was going to blow up yeah and like you're probably gonna get to it but like there's a point where he was about to maybe make a clean break and and flee the united states yeah on a ship that's right so he 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 was in jail and uh got out on bail (laughs) and he tried to escape to italy (laughs) <laughs> and he got caught, and he went back to fucking jail. No, but he he got caught because he told someone on the ship, "I'm not really a sailor. I'm." If you've heard of of Ponzi oh from the news, God. that's me. <laughs> and then that's the guy was so like, funny. "Oh shit, so it's ego too." Yeah, I'm gonna say it. He's an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. He also defended himself in in court in, on one of these in one of these trials, right? And convinced the jury to. To acquit him. That's how charismatic he was. It's cool, too, because he, you, when you do say he's an adrenaline junkie, I did read, too, on, in an article that when they chased him off the boat, when they found out who he was, it was a huge chase uh, throughout the city, and one of those cool old uh, songs from the Chemical Brothers <laughs> was like... <laughs> <laughs> he was jumping over crane yeah, and boxes he, and, and then swinging he, on cranes and stuff. Yeah, he uh, jumped <laughs> off a cliff uh, with a with an, a parachute. Yeah, <laughs> and then he jumped off a cliff with a parachute, and then he had a snowboard sort of attached to his pants, and then he flipped that on and went down. And they hill. went. Is that Charles Ponzi? Damn, man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really into a parkour. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he jumped over a ton of shit. Yeah. When they were chasing him. <laughs> he probably would have been a gamer. He would have been mm, a, a gamer. High. Famous yeah. on Twitch, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although, are, are Italians allowed on Twitch? I'm not sure about that. Even in the year 2020. And it's shocking for me to even say that, but I don't think that Twitch allows uh, Italian people on its platform. Uh, any Italian people listening right now, let us know. Are you going on Twitch or what? <laughs> uh, remember, we had an idea to try to do go on Twitch, and then we gave up. Yes. You know what? I'm 58 years old. <laughs> what am I supposed to do on Twitch? You're 58? I'm turning 62 tomorrow. <laughs> I thought you were so much younger. I once had an idea of a horrible nightmare that mm-hmm. you would realize through some weird mistake that you're actually like 10 years <laughs> older than you were told. <laughs> and then you'd like, oh, no, I have 10 years less of life than I thought. Chris, yeah. you're 58 years old. <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 
What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like <laughs> you I go on a chase in my dream. <laughs> Who are you chasing? I'm running away from my age. There's <laughs> a number coming after you. You're running away from your family to live like what you can of your life. You know what? Just an aside, this isn't about Charles Ponzi at all. Yeah. Um I had it's not a nightmare either. I had a dream the other night that I had sex with Marge Simpson and it felt so good. <laughs> you serious, bro? <laughs> yeah. I had sex with Marge. Damn. It felt so good. <laughs> this is a real dream? She's a cartoon, but her vagina felt exactly <laughs> real. Well, Chris, next time you have that dream, give me a dream call. Cut out all the lame Ponzi jokes I made and put this in co- earlier. <laughs> so how how graphic was the dream? Uh, no, it was like, yeah, we were. I was on top of her. She loved it. I guess because I think of like, you know, sometimes I'm hungry, so I think, oh, I'm like Homer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm bald, and I shave, and then my stubble grows back instantly like Homer's. So I guess I just, my subconscious was like, you're Homer. I mean, sex with Mark. Whoa. But it literally. And you have two kids. Yeah, but down, oh, in, that, three. But down in that region where you feel the sensation of coitus, it felt exactly real. It didn't feel like I was putting <laughs> it into some cartoon in your dream, it re- In your dream, it really felt real? You'd be crazy. It was wet and soft. If and you, <laughs> did you wake up as like a warm? Did you wake up as a fully grown adult man, father of two, <laughs> with a Marge Simpson wet dream? <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't get to finish the, inside the Marge. G- the, g- the jizz is yellow or blue. Like Imagine on the, I turn on The Simpsons, and there's part Lisa Maggie and a little half real man and half cartoon baby, and Homer's like, what is this? Like the old Homer voice. <laughs> Yeah, Marge has a half real human baby. <laughs> How would that be? Like it's <laughs> like it's a cartoon, but it has real human eyes and a real human mouth and a mustache like me. Oh, homie, it's nothing. <laughs> oh me! <laughs> it's too bad Charles Ponzi uh, wasn't around yeah, to see The Simpsons. Oh yeah, you know. I wonder if he would have liked it. I don't know. Uh, you know, like the first bunch of seasons, you can't. Like yeah, the Conan O'Brien years. Yeah, you can't not like the you know seasons like two or three through seven or eight. Oh God, I know. <laughs> Give me a break. The streaming now on Disney Plus, actually. Excellent. Good. Nice plug for, for Disney Plus. We'll there. put the show uh, the link to Disney Plus in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, please do that. Um, so, name a writer on The Simpsons right now. Boy, oh boy, I can't. I don't know. Charles Grody. Manson, Ponzi. considering the <laughs> twisted stuff they come up with. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so the last years of his life, this might surprise you, were actually great. No, just kidding. They were bad. <laughs> he had a bad end to his life. He lived in poverty, <laughs> which feels like the thing he least wanted to have happen. That's why like he was, this. yeah. <laughs> uh, he had a heart attack that left him weakened. He went blind. Oh, no. And he had a brain hemorrhage that paralyzed his right leg and wow. arm. God really beat up on him in the last few years of his life. After yes. Yeah, so he's... Beat the shit out of He's... Yeah. He did this. He probably ripped off God. <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> you said the coupon thing would work. <laughs> I'm getting Zeus and Odin over here. We're going to beat your ass. <laughs> well, d- didn't he... Did he get? He got deported back to Italy, and tried to ask like Mussolini for help. Oh, I didn't read that. And Mu- even Mussolini was like, "You're too girlfriend." Up. No, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean. No, Mussolini queen. went. 
Mm. <laughs> um, I bet you if you go back and through the annals of time, Mussolini said hi once. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. no, he, he was in uh, Italy. He was in Brazil and uh, died in 1948 in Brazil. This well, they got to travel. That's yeah. nice. <clears throat> I mean, it, I bet living in Brazil is great. Although... Yeah, it mentioned something about like he worked for some airline in Brazil that <laughs> closed after World War II. I don't understand. It, it mentioned something to do with Brazil switching to the Allies. So, so was he working in Brazil when they were pro? He was working for an Italian airline, and then when Brazil joined the side of the Allies, from what I understand, they grounded that airline in Brazil. So he was stranded there because Italian was Italy was on the wrong side, and uh, and he just stayed and and said. I'm going to quit the airline and I'm going to get a new job having a brain hemorrhage and going <laughs> blind. <laughs> My God. Yeah. He really was punished. There's no way around yeah, that. Yeah, he couldn't move his arm or his leg and he's blind. It he's does p- make poor. you feel like there's some sort of divine he, uh, interception. You know there. what I say? Karma is a bitch. <laughs> In his final years, he had to have a, he had to have a nurse help him uh, to fool people out of their money. <laughs> <laughs> Go, go ask that man. It's a woman. Go ask that woman how much money she has. Tell them about a coupon. Okay, I'm just going to hook up your IV here. I'm just going to raise your pillow, and I'm just going to take $10 from that little boy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Could he still get a boner near the end? Uh, my research is showing inconclusive. Ooh. It was the only body part that continued working properly. I remember hearing. <laughs> I remember hearing an interview with Artie Lang, and he was like, oh, yeah, "He's like, gambler. yeah, he's like, I would, I would go to Atlantic City, make two hundred grand doing stand up, blow mm-hmm. it all on prostitutes and strippers and cocaine. Like, I feel like that would have yeah, been maybe, modern day Ponzi, maybe. No, maybe Artie wasn't the gambler. Maybe Norm was the gambler. Like the two of them partied together, right? Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang. Oh wow! But Artie, Artie seemed to have partied harder though. Artie's nose has suffered. Well, that's what I was going to... Didn't want to... Yeah. So, can we tempt the gods? Fate here? Or whatever. Oh, so you're saying that's God punishing Artie Lang. I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably maybe a weird line of thought. If anyone who has bad things happen to them, you're like, probably was a bad guy. (laughs) Um, You know, if a tornado hits a certain part of the world, it's uh, God punishing them for uh, sinning. But if anything good happens, you're like, I did it. I fucking did it. I told your ass. No one else helped me. <laughs> I told, yeah, I told you I could do it, stupid. This means I'm a good person. <laughs> no tornado hit me. I'm good. <laughs> no tornado. Boom. Uh, That's what they do in the southern uh, states, right? Yeah. Tornado destroys a town. They go, that town was all gay guys. <laughs> it blew, religious people. It blew the gay air away. <laughs> We're not being bad. We're saying what actual fundamentalist Christians have said in Absolutely. The on the news. In a right. terrible, terrible people. So Ponzi died in Brazil. Yeah. Um, that's a fun place to die, I guess. They love soccer, which I've been getting more into the past year. <laughs> and so he probably got a chance hey, to enjoy that. give me that soccer ball. <laughs> See ya. He just ran into a wall. <laughs> that's because I'm blind. <laughs> Yeah, she's a fucking blind. <laughs> Put money in my pants pocket. <laughs> yeah, that became his scheme. 
Put was money f- in my pants pockets. Uh, two weeks later, I'll give you a ruby. <laughs> as, a ruby. They, as they were lowering the casket into the ground, he was like, hey, uh, hey you, how about you tra- uh, change places with me? I'll give you a 100% return <laughs> in two weeks. They bury you. And then it was the final scheme. <laughs> hey, give me that gold ring. Once they bury me, I promise you a gold tree will grow out of the earth. <laughs> you want to know what heaven's like? Give me some money, and I'll be back in two weeks to tell you. I'll go make some money for you in heaven. <laughs> Do you think he went to hell? Me and the devil got a great idea. <laughs> Fire's really big down there right now. <laughs> oh! <laughs> We're going to invest in flames. He he was a swamp, Florida Swampland guy, right? Oh, I didn't no read that. No way. I love those guys. I just like re- skimmed the Wikipedia thing, but before he was deported to Italy and then ended up in Brazil, I think he was one of those like, like I've got some swampland you to sell you yeah. in Florida, and that was like he another That's scheme like a cliche. He did. Like if you yeah. believe that, I've got some swampland to yeah. sell you in Florida. He was he was guy, part of that too. I he didn't couldn't that. stop he's, scheming. He sold, <laughs> he sold international swampland coupons. <laughs> yeah, like apparently he, he was like addicted to scheming. Apparently, yeah. when he was having sex, he'd be like, "Oh, oh, I finished," but he he hadn't finished. But yeah. he, and it didn't even make sense because he wasn't enjoying the finish. But or he'd just he would say finish. it anyway. Yeah. And then she would be like, "Are you finished?" And he'd say, "No." No, and he'd have to keep going with his limp penis, <laughs> hoping that she would still have an orgasm and not notice. <laughs> yeah. Give me uh, more of your sex. <laughs> he also created That's the inspiration uh, for the George Michael song. I want your sex. Yeah, it's about that. Charles Ponzi. <laughs> I want you. I need your sex to keep going. Oh, I'm screwed. I heard that Charles Ponzi also invented another famous scam, the uh, you know the Nigerian prince email scam? Yes, yes. He yes. invented that, except originally it wasn't a Nigerian prince, it was a little um, Italian fella <laughs> that asked well, for money. He used to sell international Nigerian prince email coupons. <laughs> <laughs> Attention beautiful. I am... <laughs> Uh, yeah, this this coupon goes towards getting a really crappy message that doesn't read proper. Like that's the thing. How do you fall for something that's clearly too good to be true, and the guy seems like he's hustling? You? I think it was like uneducated immigrants he preyed on, basically, like people who, like what nineteen nineteen yeah, nineteen twenty like, who boatloads. Like America's just getting going. Everyone works in like a poison factory and they make 50 cents a year and they're like, here's my ticket to riches. And I think as we were talking about, there was a sense in America at this time of like wealth growth is just a thing that's going to happen. Like, you know, it's exponential. Plus, like the fact that a system could be gamed like that means like the system itself is like fucked. Because like how different is what he did from... The way like legitimate businesses work on the yeah. stock market, like the stocks are insane because yeah. it's basically just like <clears throat> it is a sense of optimism. Like yeah. if they, if people feel optimistic, they buy more and it goes. But it's like very, it, it it's like a a game or a video game. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, if you really want to get into it, the whole American system in general is uh, like a trick. <laughs> Like Kaiser Soze. <laughs> it's Kaiser <weird>. Soze. <laughs> <laughs> How come he didn't get like a an actual numbers guy? You know, like mafia guys or like organized crime guys. They the guys behind it might be dumb, mm. like a Tony Soprano or whatever. But they get someone who's like the brains. Like who's the accountant in The Godfather? Uh, James Caan is he the accountant? No, uh, Tom. Tom. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, Tom is the. Is it Robert Duvall? Robert. 
Yeah, Robert Duvall's character's name is Tom, but he's the oh, consigliere. Sorry. You know what I mean, though? It's like they have someone who's like, okay, this idea is yeah. illegal. I'm going to try and finesse it to make it... Uh, yeah, that's why I'm saying yeah. he's like Uncut Gems guy, because it seemed like he was just riding it to his fiery death. <laughs> like, he, like, it's ins- how, like, it's crazy. He, he was loco. You're so right. Like, he could have stopped at, like, a couple million dollars yeah. and been like, going to Italy, bye. Yeah. If you've watched Uncut Gems, keep listening. If you haven't watched it, stop now and fast forward it a little bit, because there's going to be a spoiler... Okay, good. Anyways, for the people that have watched Uncut Gems, there is a bonus scene at the end of the credits where Adam Sandler's character does negotiate the bullet out of his head. (laughs) And he keeps going! (laughs) He's sick! Oh, man. I hope hope my research was okay. It was intimidating... It took. It was intimidating to try to succinctly explain mm-hmm. the little nitty gritty details. So I hope it wasn't yes. overwhelming. Coupon based crime is notoriously hard to <laughs> yes summarize to describe. I also think that we can like be clear with the people listening too. Like it's hard for us to match up during COVID, and we literally thought of Charles Ponzi not that long ago. You, you did a lot of research very fast. That's true. I mean, we probably shouldn't just neg ourselves at the end of every episode. No. It like was us? probably very fun and funny. James, We're really hot guys if you see us. <laughs> yeah, we also haven't been within like six feet of each other in months That's so true. this is i think we're, we're all excited uh maybe we're uh you know not as articulate as usual because we're excited but mm-hmm. yeah but and chris back to your hot guy comment a lot yeah. of people don't know this we actually won the the hot guys in toronto toronto sun contest last <laughs> summer yeah the hottest was, guys in toronto this is a really cool contest you literally had to be in a group of three it had to be hot guys in a you group had to be of over three. 35 you had to be over 35 um, <laughs> one of you had to look and feel 48 because you have kids now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we won. We we, yeah. we creamed them. We it was creamed tight him. with that one other gang of um, Italians. Yeah, that of course like were so manicured. They looked beautiful, but when it came to um, the joke department, they didn't have it. <clears throat> we, uh, yeah, absolutely. We edged them out joking. We edged them out and edged ourselves sexually. <laughs> Basically. It was an edging contest. <laughs> yeah, okay. I said it was a hottest guys competition. We won an edging competition sponsored by the Toronto Sun. I lasted a long time, and then when I did have an orgasm, it was fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt amazing. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm still going. I still feel so good. Come on. It was like a star is born on the tip of my penis. <laughs> I didn't care that all those Toronto Sun reporters were there going, what a damn scoop. Look at this. <laughs> Joe Warmington is a magnifying glass examining. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> well, um, mm-hmm. I feel like th- that might wrap it up. How do you guys feel? Yeah, I, I, I think he... I don't know if he was... I mean, I guess he did ruin a lot of people's lives. Yeah. All of their life savings or their homes or maybe banks crashed because of him. But he just seems like he's he's not as evil as other people we've talked about. But I guess he's done he did evil things. He's not as evil as Jeffrey Dahmer or he Caligula. Did, I agree, but he's a bit evil. <laughs> that, that nurse thing, yeah, yeah. redeeming. Yes. It's redeeming, but and also the fact that we have talked about it being a sickness that he couldn't control. But down with the sickness. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I think he was a rascal. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should end it with an evil scale, like of one to ten. I mean, um, what is he, a five? A three? From ten? Um, one being least evil, ten being so most evil. So what would it be, like, um, uh, who, like, 
an imp to Hitler. Is that the scale? <laughs> <laughs> or um, who's just a tiny, tiny bit evil? Um, like, uh, yeah. Chris Locke <laughs> Chris to Locke. Hitler. <laughs> I, you know, I've <clears throat> talked bad about people behind their back. <laughs> Urkel to Hitler? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay, better. I like that. The Urkel, the, the Urkel Hitler scale. <laughs> uh, I'm going with uh, Ponzi being a five. I say five because he did probably ruin people's lives and probably lead to a lot of suicide. Yeah. That is true. But he probably ruined. He just seems life. like a fun guy. He dresses well, mm-hmm. uh, but he had no exit plan. You'd love to be at a party with him or go to one of his parties when he was really loaded. Hey, I bet it was who great. wants a donut? You know. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it wouldn't be Timmy's. It'd be like artisan, high <laughs> quality, good donuts. Maybe the original donuts when yeah, GMO foods were uh, invented yet before everything yeah. was made of corn. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, good. Fresh ingredients. Yes. Mm, you know? Sugar just on this hot... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like Ponzi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to give him my money if he was still alive. I'm going to go put my money in his grave. <laughs> yeah, let's take Thank a flight go. down to Brazil and <laughs> just leave money on his grave. And we fly back five years later, see if there's more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Um, uh, That'll do it, I guess, for this one. That's yeah. another... Thank you for listening to another episode of... Evil Men. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Ah!